Hello, Alexander Harmson. Welcome to Benzinga Interviews. How are you today? Uh, great to be here. It's going really well. For those listening, uh, wherever they upload their podcasts or watch their internet videos, Alexander is an experienced tech entrepreneur. He's a CEO and board member and advisor, uh, having founded multiple successful companies and organizations. So he is a good get for us here at Benzinga. And I'm happy that you're joining us today. We have a lot to talk about, uh, but first and foremost, uh, how are you doing? How has, how have you fared during this turbulent time in the economy? Uh, inflation is an all as at an all-time high, uh, forty-year high, I believe. That's the number that they're that they're telling me. Uh, what's your take of everything? It's uh, it's definitely a time when macro plays a more important role than you know almost anything else. You know where. One of the things, one of the trends that we've seen happen, you know, huge change over the last 13, 14 months is, you know, we've seen a lot of people go from sort of focusing on individual stock picking, everyone feeling like they're a winner, they're really good at this game to, you know, people focusing on COVID, travel, shutdowns, inflation, you know, thinking about geopolitical events, thinking about how, you know, supply and demand is changing, thinking about transportation networks, you know, thinking about, you know, commodities, oil, all these macro pieces, which, uh, you know, for a long time, I think was for us, the major focus. I and mean, we've always sort of thought that portfolios as a whole rise or fall based on these macro trends. And, uh, you know, putting that into the spotlight has just aligned a lot with, you know, what we focused on at Global Predictions. Uh, you know, personally, uh, you know, I've, I've never really spent much time doing the stock picking. It's always been sort of thinking about the portfolio and diversification mm. and downside protection and sort of how all these different pieces fit together as a puzzle in my own portfolio. And uh, I'm actually very excited to have just, you know, bought, a, bought my first house. And Congratulations. Uh, well, even though mortgage rates are crazy high, you know, we, we got the house at something like a 40% discount compared to what it was going at, you know, six months ago. So how, so how did you find this deal? Tons of opportunities. I, honestly, uh, you know, we didn't have to hunt that long. Uh, I think just based on all these macro conditions and the interest rates high rising, it was, uh, you know, it just put a lot of downward pressure on the housing market. Mm. And, uh, you know, we're seeing that not just in the Bay Area where I live, but, you know, across the country. So you're, I take it you're very savvy for you to find this great house deal. Um, and I, that had to have inspired you to start Global Predictions because the thesis is to make people smarter investors or to help people become smarter investors. Um, Definitely we talk- want to help people become more confident in investing. Uh, you know, I think you know, it started for me and my co-founder. Uh, you know, I like to think of this as sort of the classic you know, Wall Street meets Silicon Valley. Uh, you know, my co-founder worked at Bridgewater for... Uh, you know, more than half a decade worked as a, a PM at a, you know, as at a small uh, hedge fund was, you know, wildly successful in Wall Street. And, uh, you know, my background, I've ran, a, like you mentioned before at the top of the podcast, uh, you know, a number of different successful startups, fundraised, you know, tens of millions of dollars, ran teams of 50 or 60 people. And uh, my background has always been focused on physics and modeling and simulation and AI uh, and, you know, trying to apply that to economics and then mm. integrating that with the investing 
uh, you know, I think provided a just a crazy unique opportunity for us to democratize a lot of the tools that you might see in professional portfolio management, hedge funds, family offices, pension funds, you know, trying to bring those kinds of tools down to the masses, you know, to make it easy enough for me to use, you know, my own life. Yeah. And so, you know, even this real estate decision, you know, partly came about because, you know, there was a very clear hole in exposures and diversification, uh, you know, when it comes to real estate, especially when mixed with, you know, the, the tech exposure and the startups and, you know, the, you know, the other assets that I have personally in my life, it felt like over the last 10 years, there's been a significant amount of tools and platforms available to help people with trading and accessing stock markets, lots of news, lots of what feels like noise, I think, to most people. You know, if you're not doing this full time, if you're a software engineer or a marketer or right. a dentist or a doctor, then you know you have your life to live. You're you know a professional in some sense. And so we wanted to help people, you know, give them the right sort of platform to be able to think about you know, how am I doing overall across all of my different assets you know, yeah. in one place? Well, let's pretend I'm a potential global predictions user. Uh, haven't heard of it until today. What can it do for me? What's what's your pitch? Yeah, I, I like to think about, uh, you know, global predictions is sort of the, the intelligence engine. We've built a recommendation platform. We've built a, a macro insight system that is looking at hundreds of thousands of different trends across the world. And then we have a tool that you can sign up for for free called Portfolio Pilot. And Portfolio Pilot basically lets you import your retirement accounts, crypto, cash, real estate, investment accounts, aggregate them all into one place. And then it connects that to the global predictions recommendation engine to provide you analytics, recommendations, advice on what to do next. And then so, at the end of the day, you know, you are in control of the, you know, that decision. And, and so we very specifically, you know, in the, in the sign up flow, remind people, you know, we can't make trades for you. You know, you have to hit the big red button because it really feels like for a lot of people, a lot of our users, they want to feel more confident. They want to understand what's going on. And then at the end of the day, you know, make the trade themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, to really own that those decisions. And uh, Portfolio Pilot came out just this month, correct? We've been in beta for like almost more than a year. We have close to a billion dollars of assets on the platform, but then like truly opened it up uh, just last week, six days ago. Wow. All right. So this is pretty newsy. It's been a crazy week for us. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what, but there's, there was something else. I, I did a little stalking on your Twitter. You have a new product coming out. We, as partly as, as part a new of feature, this, I should of, say a new feature, I should say. As part of this sort of multi-week, you know, launch strategy for us, we had, uh, you know, thousands of users sign up just in over the last couple of days and then, uh, teasing, a tax loss harvesting tool that we're about to launch in uh, December 1st. And so one of the most requested things that we've received from, you know, the, the people that are already using the system is being able to do something like tax loss harvesting themselves. You know, it really feels like tax loss harvesting is something 
very simple that can save almost everybody thousands of dollars in 2022, especially because, you know, probably there's a few items in your portfolio that have lost money this year. Probably a few. Uh, a, a few. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it really feels like only robo-advisors are able to do that, but you, you don't have control of that process. You know, basically you have to give your money or, you know, you have to work with a wealth manager or family office. And so for the vast majority of people, you know, I think most have heard about it, but don't really have the tools to be able to do it properly. So we're basically launching December 1st, a do-it-yourself tax loss harvesting feature that we think can save you a couple thousand dollars with maybe 15, 20 minutes of time, you know, as long as you do it before December 31st. Okay, so there's a little bit of a time crunch there, and but it's not a robo-advisor. It's not a robo-advisor. Okay. Like I mentioned, it's really, you know, it's we're trying to give you the tools, recommendations, advice, guidance to get to the finish line, you know, to get to the point where you need to go and execute the trades himself, yourself very intentionally. You know, and, and so you yeah. may think, you know, that's a, an issue with the platform, but we found that that gives people the confidence to experiment and really understand what they're doing and then, you know, actually pulling the trigger yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, makes it very clear what you are and what you are not doing, shows the transaction costs, you know, shows uh, you know, all the inputs that go into that. Well, just real quick, walk us through how that could potentially reduce our tax bill uh, come next year. I mean, because I, I give my paperwork to my accountant. She's great. She handles everything and I don't worry about it. I give her receipts. I give her my spending. W- what is this product and how could or this feature? And how could it potentially save uh, someone like me a, a little bit of money? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, even myself, you know, I work with a, an accountant, you know, come February, March, I download everything from all these different platforms, send it off in one big package. And then they try to, you know, minimize the tax bill and take advantage of, uh, you know, whatever it is that the house, the mortgage, you know, the kids, whatever it is. And, uh, the important thing I think to realize though, is that, you know, as part of that package that I send off, you know, I am downloading from my interactive brokers account, you know, a statement of everything that I sold over the last year. Mm. And, you know, there's some sort of realized gains from my investment portfolio and the realized gains basically get added to my income tax and, you know, get included as part of my, uh, you know, the tax that I'm paying at the end of the year. And so one of the things that you can do, if you take this step, you know, before December 31st, before the end of the year, is sell any losses and basically cut down the amount of realized gains. So maybe I've sold, you know, $20,000 worth of stock mm. and, you know, realized $6,000 worth of gains this year. Yeah. You know, if I have $6,000 worth of losses, I could offset that and basically pay $0 in additional income tax from the investments. You know, of course, maybe I don't want to sell those losses, you know, because I like having the exposure. Maybe there's a bunch of tech stocks or crypto, you know, that's down right now. And I'm intentionally holding on to those because, you know, I think the markets are going to recover at some point in the next couple of years. So the second half of the tax loss harvesting is basically buying very similar funds to mm. the ones that you're selling so that you can count the losses and still have the same kind of exposure 
that will rebound over the next couple of years as the markets recover. And so it's, it's basically selling the losses to match and bring your gains down to, you know, as close to zero as possible, and then finding the equivalent ETF or the equivalent stock to keep the same kinds of exposure in your portfolio so that, you know, as a portfolio, nothing really changes. You know, you have the mm. same expected returns, you have the same downside protection, you have the same risk in your portfolio, but you're able to minimize your tax burden. Mm. Interesting. Okay, so how did you get Global Predictions up on its feet? It's a relatively young company, correct? We're a couple of years old at this point. Uh, Global predictions itself, you know, we wanted to validate that we could build some core engine that is monitoring data that's taking in hundreds of thousands of different securities, macro trends, you know, different types of data about you know, what's happening in the world. We built a world monitoring service on top of that to understand you know, what's happening and where is it deviating from sort of historical trends. There's an anomaly detector that's built into that. And then we basically have a forecasting engine there that uses a couple different models. Uh, and then you have something like a portfolio management system on top of that with tools like recommendations that, you know, plug into portfolio pilot, the consumer tool that we have. And, you know, as you can imagine, that's taken a couple of years just to stand up all that infrastructure. Uh, but in many ways, you know, this is similar to what you might find, you know, behind the scenes at some of these, uh, you know, systematic macro hedge funds, mm. you know, something similar to what you might see, at you know, hedge funds like Bridgewater. Uh, and partly you need the scale, right? You need all this data. You kind of need to look at all these things at the same time, partly because everything is interconnected. Mm. You know, one thing in the economy affects something else. You know, if you're just looking at real estate in New York, potentially you miss the fact that COVID or inflation or interest right. rates or liquidity conditions, you know, have an impact on that market. And so, you know, we spent a lot of time validating that and our core thesis, you know, for global predictions was, you know, can we take these hedge fund level models, tools, infrastructure, and basically turn that into something that we can then build a commercial business on top of. And uh, Portfolio Pilot is really the first, you know, tool that we build on top of this core infrastructure uh, because, you know, we thought what better mission is there than democratizing access to these kinds of models. And there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of users that are looking for these kinds of tools to, you know, optimize, to get a little bit more out of their portfolios and, uh, you know, have some sort of security, build some sort of confidence, especially in a downturn like we are today. So you, you built pretty much built this thing, I guess, I imagine with a, a small team during COVID, like during 2020, when everybody was sort of trapped in the house, like when, give me, walk me through the timeline. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, as, like I said, it was, uh, the modeling and simulation background. I mean, I've been doing this, you know, for the last 15 years or so, and we've built the same kinds of hybrid AI models, tremendous amounts of data in the autonomous vehicle space in life sciences, in pharma, uh, mm -hmm. and then, you know, bringing that into the sort of economics and the investment side, you know, in many ways felt like a natural extension of that. And so you're know, meeting my co-founder Reed, uh, we hired a, you know, we raised a couple million dollars from venture capital. And uh, especially during COVID when sort of, you know, early days was sort of March, April, May of COVID, 
when it felt like the world was being turned upside down. There was a whole new economic paradigm. Everyone was looking at different kinds of relationships. It felt very fitting at the time. Mm. And, uh, you know, you can imagine 10, you know, extremely smart, you know, very diverse team, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, basically working on these models, bringing this data together to be able to deliver you know, what we think is a relatively simple tool now to, to consumers. Where and, are they? You know, I like to think that there's tons of potential now that we have this core model and that's been stress tested and works uh, for, you know, tons of other applications down the road. So all through Zoom calls, crunching all this data? During... It's a completely distributed team. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have 10 people on the team and I've met four of them in person. Wow. And so, uh, you know, working together for years, uh, it's distributed all over the world, people in Europe, India, Canada, the US. Uh, you get, uh, one of the great things actually, I think about global predictions is that it's you know, truly global. Yeah. And because of the time zones, you know, there's someone working on it all you know, around the clock. Uh, well, you're, you're a Y Combinator person, right? You're a vet from, from there? Yeah, exactly. Were you able to pull connections from there too to get this up on his feet? Because I imagine other startups got the, you know, the metaphorical door slammed in their face if they ever tried to pitch something during 2020 when everybody was remote and, oh gosh, oh, you and everybody else got a startup idea. But what were some of the past connections you have as sort of this veteran entrepreneur um, that helped in this getting global predictions uh, started? Yeah, I will say that I'm quite fortunate in having, you know, existing network of investors to pull on, existing mm -hmm. network of engineers and you know this community partly through y combinator that's been tremendously useful partly through on deck as well uh, uh also a great community of co-founders and company builders and investors uh there's you know a couple of different scholarship networks i'm a part of you know okay. partly the alumni network I, I honestly think that uh you know there's this saying that you know some of the biggest companies in the world have been built you know during recessions yeah uh, and i think part of it is because you need a certain amount of you know fiscal responsibility you know partly because the money isn't available you have to innovate you have to you know be very lean about how you build the team and so i think we've stretched the money that we have you know quite far but i also think that you know especially in 2020 sort of the early days of the pandemic uh, there was just so much uncertainty in the investing community that you know, a lot of investors did go back to, you know, successful entrepreneurs, people who have done it before, uh, which I, I do think gave me a little bit of an unfair advantage, especially because yeah. the thing that we're pitching is, you know, a little bit insane, mm -hmm. right? It, it's definitely a very big vision. And I really don't think we're going to be able to realize the true potential of global predictions, you know, for another 10 years. Okay. All right. So it literally is, it's right on the, the brink of really pulling together all this, all the trends, because if you start during COVID trends were, I mean, who knew what was going to happen? So exactly. it's, so how do you, how do you test that? How do you get it started? If, if things are so uncertain, even now things are uncertain heading into 2023, right. how do you, how do you sort of uh, convince a, a potential customer that you know where the platform for you? Because trends are so easy to, so difficult to. Right. Um, I, I think this is a great question. I, honestly, I think there's maybe there's two parts of this question or two parts of the answer, maybe. Uh, one part of it is that I think it looks uncertain if you look, you know, with a microscope. 
-hmm. if you look one day at a time, or if you only look at, you know, one or two relationships, uh, and I think we get caught in this a lot because it's very easy to tell a narrative and say like, you know, Apple is going through this crisis because of, you know, X liquidity conditions, but in reality, it's a much bigger picture. And so if you're able to zoom out and actually look at the macro picture, if you're able to look at all these different trends, then, you know, I think you start to see a machine that actually functions fairly rationally. You know, it's not really a surprise that over the last year, you know, to control inflation, the Fed is at the rate interest rates, you know, it'll increase uh, unemployment, it's going to cause layoffs, it's going to cause these companies revenues to fall, it'll cause these impacts on the stock market, liquidity, people end up deleveraging. I mean, there's right. a chain of events that's fairly predictable and happens every single time there is a recession, or every single time we enter into a high inflationary period. And so I think if you zoom back far enough, you know, history repeats itself. Uh, but it never repeats itself exactly in the same way. Right. I think the underlying factors end up repeating themselves. And if you can capture those underlying factors uh, and then, so I think that's part one. Okay. And you know, we'll never be hundred percent perfect. Right. And so part two is, you know, acknowledging that, you know, we make certain forecasts, we understand these different relationships, but every single weight in our knowledge graph, every single forecast we make, every single recommendation, you know, comes with a degree of uncertainty. And so mm -hmm. we like to think that we have very high accuracy within our models, but relatively low precision. Mm, okay. And so, you know, we're right almost all the time, but in many of our forecasts, there's big error bars. Mm. And so, you know, that allows us to be right, you know, within this, you know, margin of error, there is, uh, you know, the chance of being correct is pretty high. And if you use those kinds of models, you know, with the error bars and the uncertainty together with a good portfolio management approach, then you can actually capture the right sort of risk. You can look, you know, if you know where the uncertainty is coming from, you can actually build a portfolio where, you know, say you have an, you know, a 20 item portfolio, you know, with real estate and some ETFs and some, you know, exposure to different sectors some international exposure. You know, if you model out where the underlying drivers are coming from for that portfolio and where the risks are, then you can actually, you know, have them be orthogonal to each other. Mm. You, know, you can make sure that the risks are coming from different places. And in that sense, even if you don't know exactly what's happening, if you've modeled the risks and underlying drivers properly, you could build a fairly robust portfolio where at any point, you know, 15 of your 20 items are going up and five are going down, sort of no matter what the macroeconomic conditions are. And I think that's really the principle, right? And so in a sense, we don't need to be perfect in our predictions. We don't need to be perfect in the forecasts to be able to build really good strategies for users to give the right sort of recommendations and, you know, outperform markets. So it's we have more that systematic approach that ends up being the, you know, the, the, the core driver of that return. Right. So I have you for a couple more minutes uh, and I have two more questions. Uh, one, uh, do you care to make a prediction now looking into 2023? A lot of people are a little bit nervous about what they say is a looming recession. Um, give us a little predictions. What, what, are, what are you feeling as we uh, turn the corner here? Uh, I, I like the question. Absolutely. Right. It's, it's core to the business and I'm never going to say anything with you know, complete certainty, but yeah. uh, you know, we do, you know, 
I mean, technically we've been in a recession for a little while now, you know, obviously, you know, all of the, the quarterly earnings over the last month or two have shown headcounts, you know, a, you know, a downscoping in, uh, you know, expectations. Uh, we are seeing inflation coming down, you know, even though it's one data point, you know, in general, fairly optimistic that this is, you know, starting to get under control. We see the, you know, unemployment numbers, you know, starting to look better in terms of, you know, the, the actions that the Fed is taking, you know, are starting yeah. to work. Not, not, uh, so, not including the tech sector, though. Minus the tech sector. Yeah, minus exactly. the tech sector. Uh, uh, you know, sorry, we're, sorry we're looking, I cut you off. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. I mean, we're looking higher level, right? And so I think, you know, even a lot of the people we work with, like, end up looking very specifically at sectors. And, like, in reality, I think it's very easy for us to forget, you know, us, us meeting, you know, tech workers and, you know, people in the crypto space. It's very, right. very difficult sometimes to zoom way out and look at the industry as a whole, you know, to think about oil and commodities and agriculture and manufacturing. Uh, and so in that sense, you know, I think uh, we're going to be in a recession for like quite a while longer. Mm. And, you know, the Fed in particular, you know, still holding the line very strongly that, uh, you know, we need to get back to something much more manageable. And so, you know, very likely this is going to deepen before it gets better. And, uh, you know, well into 2023, you know, we're still going to be in recession and then realistically, you know, start climbing out of that in, you know, end of 2023, 2024. It's hard to be able to call the bottom exactly, but, uh, you know, this isn't going to shoot up in, you know, Q1 or Q2. Right. Last question. I know that you've accomplished a lot in your career. Uh, You have a knack for focusing on these uh, big, hard problems that have a meaningful impact on the world. Um, What, who are your heroes? Who inspired you to go down and, and, uh, become this entrepreneur that you are. Uh, do you have any sort of heroes in the business world that sort of had, had an impact on you, whether either you met them or you read about them? Who, 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 who set you on this path? I, yeah, I, I think it's a great question. I think that, uh, I, I don't think it's necessarily entrepreneurs and company builders that have gone through this. Uh, maybe it comes from two places you know okay. one of them is that i had a a mentor in university who is an incredible astrophysicist and you know spoke all over the world and contributed to like some you know really cutting edge uh, astronomy and uh like he blazed his own path like he he really like one of the things i really really admired from him is that he bucked the status quo he decided, you know, this is what I enjoy doing. Here's where I think I can make a unique contribution and had a lot of fun doing that mm. and, you know, partnered with all the right people and put himself in places to like really, uh, you know, almost create his own luck, right? Like he created a lot of opportunities for himself as he went along. And then, uh, yeah, I think separately, the you know, going through Y Combinator, I think, was very eye-opening because they they would invite lots of speakers to come out. Yeah, uh, and it was very casual. You know, there was a couple hundred of us in the room. There was someone who was you know a billionaire, had built massive companies, and he 
he just spoke like one of us. You know, he's a couple years away. He was on a slightly different path than I was. And I don't know, there was something very grounding about that. And you know, it made me think that, you know, all I need to do is just be like a couple percent better than average, but every single day of my life. And so, you know, not taking anything for granted, you know, really using this like privileged position that I'm in and like not squandering that and just sort of continuously every single day, just becoming a little bit better, a little bit better, a little bit better. And I think that focus uh, is really the difference between, you know, Bill Gates and the average guy or Jeff Bezos and the average guy. Right. So, uh, you know, I think that's like, I think. That's probably like both of those, I think, are like quite defining and something I think about like quite often. Uh, we have less than a minute left. What's your advice for a young entrepreneur who maybe has this idea that maybe perhaps he's in Y Combinator, perhaps he wants to apply to Y Combinator? What, what's your advice? Uh, there's something about that focus, right? There's something about not trying to do it all, not trying to do it all at once. Uh, one of the things that I do like pretty religiously at the start of every day, uh, oftentimes just when I'm in the shower, is think through like what are the what are the three things that are going to be most impactful? You know, what do I want to focus on today? And even though I end up doing you know hundreds of other things and have you know dozens of meetings, if I get those three things done, it's a successful day for me. Prioritizing. Yeah, it's the prioritizing and really thinking like, what is going to move the needle, right? Because right. I have, you know, I have 422 emails in my inbox right now, but two of those emails are more critical than, you know, the other 420 of them. And so if I respond to those two emails and push those two projects forward or poke this one person or have this one meeting, you know, that's going to have a 100x impact compared to everything else that I do. And, you know, sort of zooming out, your know, macro is like obviously that, you know, the main, you know, topic that runs through my mind. But if I zoom out and think what is actually impactful, what is actually driving the business forward, my own life forward, my relationship forward, then, uh, you know, you end up having real impact. And, you know, the small rocks, you know, end up sorting themselves out. Awesome. Well, Alex, this was a great conversation. I'm certainly glad that you were, um, a guest on our, on our podcast. I'm um, very happy to be here. These are great questions. I enjoyed the conversation a lot. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now 
and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today.